Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Nick Roeder for Road Warden, an illustrated text-based RPG released in September of this year, 2022. Since the game is text-based, Nick had the chance to write these long tracks that slowly build over time. And as they build, it's not really in intensity necessarily that they build, but rather maybe building texture or shifting the texture somehow. And if you were to ask someone what the word melancholy sounds like, uh, this just might be it. It's very intimate. It's very introspective and thoughtful. There's time to breathe and think in this music and, of course, read so that you can play the game. Nick, Nick Roeder, the composer, has a number of musical monikers, including Indigo. So we'll talk about some of the music that he released under that name as well as this soundtrack for Road Warden. Nick is from Australia. He recently moved to Sweden, although when we spoke, he was in London for a short while. Uh, Be sure to check out YouTube. You'll find a conversation, uh, this conversation on YouTube, as well as many others from this year in video form. And uh, please do subscribe if you get a chance to visit us there and, you know, get the notifications and all the things for all of our latest videos. Also, please do join us on Discord. You can find a link in the show notes. It doesn't cost you to get into our Discord server. Uh, We'd love to have you come join the conversation about music and games and music in games. And if you're financially able to support us on Patreon, we would appreciate that. Visit us patreon.com slash level. All right, here's Nick. few names to friends and family um one being sticky one being rick not very interesting stories but um i've released yeah the road warden soundtrack under 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 nick Roder, which is my name and then um other projects under other names or monikers or whatever um and i'm a musician and um composer and you know arranger and um i work yeah, across a few different, you know, sort of worlds um, within within music, um, one being sort of early on um, and, and I guess less so now having moved overseas, which we can get to, um, collaborative projects with other musicians that I met at uni and which was really fun. And, and then solo work is another aspect of that, which um, I've released music under the name Indigo which we can also get to. Um, And then video game um, composition and um, have done some like TV stuff in the past and some dance, like music for dance in the past and some short film stuff and animation. So kind of a lot of stuff. And and I suppose I'm not um, heavily like established in any of those worlds. And I really enjoy the kind of diversity of, um, yeah, working across many different spaces. Um, and like Road Warden and the Solo Project, there are these sort of links that connect them, whether they be instruments or just sort of like interests at the time, musical or otherwise. Um, so I really like how one thing can inform another, like one project in dance can inform a project in animation, can inform like an album that I decided to make, um, um myself um so yeah that's kind of who i am as a, as a musician and i play uh, a bit i played a lot more when i was in melbourne um just with more sort of um, established networks i suppose of musicians with friends and friends projects and my own projects and solo shows and and yeah so kind of a generalist i'd say and that's kind of how i like it i think i'm a, a yeah, person of sort of moderation um, in all sort of aspects of my life. So yeah, how's that? (laughs) 
favorite things is to listen to a soundtrack or an album or something where I don't know what a person's main instrument is or what their initial training was, right? Because then it's kind mm-hmm. of fun to try and figure out, well, is this person, you know, what? where is this person approaching this from musically, you know? Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I think that was probably one of my favorite things about listening to Road Warden is it's almost like, you know, the whole analogy of the onion, you know, peeling back the layers and, and mm. kind of hearing you musically, you know, um, mm. was really, really fun. And then to also dig into the solo stuff and learn more about you that way was um, just really intriguing because when you mentioned dance, for instance, you know, Road, Road Warden is the antithesis of that, right? It's very mm. melancholic and... Um, and the purpose, obviously, completely different. I mean, that's a different conversation. But, um, mm. but it's just it's it's such um, uh, melodic and lyrical, I guess, more so than even melodic. It's it's very there are very lyrical sing singing lines that that come mm. into to Road Warden, and um, and I really appreciated that, and it made me wonder things like you know what kind of singer are you a singer ever or uh and then to find out that you're clearly a very adept bass player that always gives me a a different viewpoint on your musical brain so anyway those are just some things that I've been uh kicking around in my head since since listening Mm. to all of this um but let's go ahead and talk about Road Warden and Mm. uh you know firstly describe it if you would and then Mm. uh, and then we can talk about it from there just describe the game yeah, it's a sort of, I mean, text and um, pixel art-based role-playing game, really, um, a sort of a visual novel, I suppose, an interactive visual novel where you play as a road warden. And basically, you, I mean, I, when, when, I, when I played and, and, and sort of still playing as it was released um, last week, um, you can limit your time. So you basically can say, okay, I have 40 days or 30 days if you're real sort of gung-ho or, or in infinite amount of time um, to basically like uncover the narrative, the mystery, the story of, of the world around you. And there are sort of these interactive elements where um, you, well, you bet you can interact with characters, but you can also, it will prompt you to say, you know, um, you what, what would you like to sort of like sacrifice um, to, you know, uh, element X, whatever. Um, and, and you can sort of unprompted just see what's in your inventory, what can you sacrifice? So it's a really like sort of open-ended, interesting game. And, and a lot of people have sort of commented on and, and enjoyed the fact that you kind of, everyone will have a different outcome based on where you choose to go in those 30, 40 or you know, unlimited number of days. And your actions will have consequences to the unfolding of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an un, it's a, it's not a, a kind of game that I've played uh, in the past. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's like a world that you become immersed in through language and through pixel art. It's really beautiful. I mean, I encourage everyone to check it out and yeah, I mean, the, the score or the music, I guess was sort of prompted by that, that musically I was provoked by like the, that bass guitar, which, um, which I got kind of that year, I think it was 2019. Basically it was like, just like exploring um, the bass guitar as like a, it's a hollow body like instrument. So it has like a pretty prominent, like acoustic quality about it. And a lot of the soundtrack is it's just a microphone in front of the bass and like a small amount of DI. And I was just like really attracted to that sound. And that kind of became the backbone, even though the main sort of title um, music um, is it's in there, but it's not um, sort of the prominent instrument. That instrument was kind of the backbone of the whole score. And as you mentioned, the Indigo solo work thing, like, I kind of continued exploring it sort of at from Road Warden and then created this album of like work for bass guitar and tenor saxophone. Also inspired by that instrument. Like I really love that instrument. It's just like an old hollow body Greco thing. I mean, I have no idea what the model is. It doesn't have any stickers or <laughs> I can't find any information on it. 
Wow. Um, I haven't looked that hard, but I just got it off Reverb. This guy in Canberra was selling it for like 700 bucks or something. And it was, that was kind of what I was looking for to explore that sound. So yeah, um, I suppose I've answered the first question in terms of what is Road Warden the game. of direction did you have musically from um it's Aureus, right yeah yeah Aureus yeah. is the creator of the game S- single person just one which is mm-hmm. amazing that's always yeah anyway yeah that's amazing yeah, uh incredible. so so Aureus created road warden and what kind of ideas did he have musically or any kind of direction from him or how did that relationship work out we sort of worked worked it out together like I, I i think i mean it was years ago now i reckon i would have like first gotten in touch with him in like 2018 with like a hey i really like your game kind of thing um here's like an idea as for what that idea is i have no idea but i think over time we just established like the tone um you know sonically and that was sort of that was sort of the thing, the, the tone, because the challenge was um, the engine that he used and was unable to, you were basically unable to use any middleware. Um, oh, interesting. Okay. And so it, it was just basically like it has to be a, a, a looping track. Um, obviously, people are going to be possibly reading, um, depending on how fast they read or how, how fast they want to take it for 10, 20, 30 an hour with a track repeating in the background. And so that was a big challenge of like, basically the, the solution was long tunes, yeah. um, nothing too intense um, sonically. Um, and there was the variation in in how we sort of worked out what tune would basically fit what area. It was sort of in, in his hands. He, it was such a deep like world. Yeah. Um, we had established that 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 sonic sort of you know um palette uh i would just basically spit out heaps and heaps and heaps of music and he would go yep or not or let's change this um and then he would pretty much establish like this is going to be in this area um this is going to be in that area this is going to be in that area so it was sort of a throw it at the wall see what sticks kind of um process Sure. Um, but it worked really well, as in it was kind of a relationship that sort of clicked um, in terms of our expectations and um, our expectations of what is required, like musically and, and, and what feeling that is meant to evoke. Yeah, it was a it was a we worked it out pretty quickly, which was really um, which is really great. And I mean, he, he's in Poland and I was in Australia. So, um, <laughs> wow. it, yeah, we, we sort of had to create like develop like a language um, using words and, and obviously some music, but I don't think he's got any sort of musical training. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was sort of the process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you said, it's an absolutely gorgeous game and um, you know, the music itself has, has a lot of weight to it, even though the texture itself is not heavy, right? It's, you know, a mm. lot of just like guitar some light piano, some glockenspiel things mm. in the back that I absolutely adore, some string pads. Um, mm. Nothing about the music is, uh, you know, epic or overbearing in any way. It's very peaceful music, but in a very melancholic way. And I, I realized right off the bat when I started listening to it that I had to kind of turn off my empathy part <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because, because it's, in a way, it's almost sad some sometimes, mm. you know, and 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 I remember the very first time I listened to it, I could feel that kind of start to affect me in a way, you know. I mm-hmm. was like, oh wow, this is this is so beautiful, but so sad. I just want to 
<laughs> you know, and and um, and I'm curious if if you found that to affect you in any way as you were writing it, just the kind of depth to mm-hmm. the, um, you know, melancholy to to the music. Yeah, um, I, I well, I think once that sort of um, is established, it's especially me. Like I kind of gravitate towards that sort of melancholic, sad. But also at times the sort of epic, epic not so much in terms of like massive bombastic like Hollywood right. sound, but like epic in terms of like like rich harmony and like um, really like kind of sweeping melodies and stuff. Yeah, it sort of like became a bit of a a, a reaffirming um, process or something. And and, and yeah, I, I probably like in sitting in in that studio and like making that kind of melancholic sad. Uh, quite moody music you became more melancholic and sadder and more moody and then yeah you, you kind of created yeah similar music I, I guess the thing that I looking back on it and it's no surprise I don't think is that like it's really it's like melodic as far as I could take it being melodic without it being kind of like distracting or like too overbearingly melodic right um know what I mean where it's it's there is a like defined melody but it's not like it's kind of really well balanced with like the harmonic progression and and the the sonic texture and I think that was important just just in in terms of like I mean yeah I I find it really challenging to read while I listen to music and and make whether it's instrumental or, or or vocal music um I didn't want that to affect people and maybe I mean everyone's different, and maybe maybe it has in some some cases. But yeah, even in terms of like the where it generally sat on like a sort of if you look at like a you know um, on a frequency um, spectrum, it's kind of you know it's it's towards the the bottom end of things. Like yeah, and and in that way maybe it's like it's calming, melancholic, like soothing, sad. I don't know, but I hope it's effective when you when you play it, and and I hope that it also like holds its own as a um, collection of songs that you oh, just yeah. listen to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I've listened to it many, many, many times over the last couple of weeks since whenever I reached out to you initially. I've listened to it many, many times, and and mm. you know, as is the case with a lot of great music, every time you re-listen, you hear something new, and I really love that. Um, uh, but one of my favorite things about these, you know, kind of, and, and oftentimes it seemed like it was piano that would kind of come in with these really mm. beautiful, and, and I mentioned the word before, lyrical lines that, um, you know, sometimes like a musical sigh, like one of my favorite ones happens in um, uh, the monastery. Is that oh, what it's yeah. called? Oh I, didn't, oh, I did write it down. Okay, yeah, because you know, a couple minutes into the track, the piano just comes in with this beautiful, like, just like, ah, you know? And, and I yeah. I loved those little touches throughout. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm glad. Yeah. I think that tune is, you know, my favorite. I do play favorites. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think, yeah, it, it, it is very like, well, it sort of soothes me. Um, mm-hmm. And, and yeah, especially like listening back on it after having done it so many years ago, like having created the music in 2019, right. it's kind of nice to listen back to something and go, oh yeah, like, I, you know, I think it, it's, it's a nice thing to try and suspend judgment and, and, you know, on yourself and, and just sort of enjoy it. And yeah, I, 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 I do like it. And I think, yeah, I, I hope that, that people also enjoy it and, and feel that the, yeah, it, that sort of delicate balance between, I guess, the ensemble. Um, and it's so simple, really, like you mentioned, it's like four or five elements, but, um, yeah, I think it works, especially in the context.
another one I loved is, and and tell me if you need me to, like, I don't know how much you know since it was three years ago, uh, these yeah. titles and stuff, but um, I, I also loved The Elder's Cave, and this is one where I actually really noticed, and not in a bad way, uh, noticed the string pads kind of in the background mm-hmm. um, once I was listening with these good Sony headphones and whatnot, mm. you know, this, but uh, I really loved that kind of uh, warmth that that brought to the, to the, to the music itself in the elders gave. I think, I think like, um, I mean, sort of back then I was um, sort of, I mean, not starting out, but like it was it was sort of early on in my journey. Um, and, and I don't know like what, <laughs> what like I would have been using in terms of like libraries or um, instruments, like virtual instruments or, or otherwise. Yeah. Um, I mean, most of it, is recorded the piano piano's not but um yeah I, i'm i'm glad i'm glad it sounds it sounds good um <laughs> it's quite incredible like looking back on something and yeah just yeah sort of seeing how far you've come even in like three years yeah i feel like i've learned so much it's kind of unbelievable oh, yeah. um yeah. <laughs> you know anyway that's kind of an aside but um it's really yeah it's interesting well, I want to talk more about this this bass guitar that you're talking about because, you know, even on, um, you know, you've mentioned a couple of times Indigo, your solo project, and uh, the album that you have. Uh, I think there's a couple, right? There's there's a few albums on Bandcamp. Uh, there's, there's one full album and there's one, like, song uh, that was okay. put on a compilation. So the full album is called Part One, and mm. you use that same instrument for that, you're saying? Yeah, so yeah, it is the same instrument. And it's not um, an upright bass. It's a hollow no, body. It's a wow. hollow body electric like guitar, bass guitar. Yeah. Um wow. with like uh um flat wound um strings on it and and it yeah, it's really like it's a great instrument. It's got it's so it's got its quirks, like it's a real like the intonation is so like dicey and yeah um but it's just yeah i just love the sound i love the same with like recording like electric guitar um just always stick a mic in front of it just to capture like the acoustic like true acoustic properties of it um yeah it's a great instrument it's really cool Is that your main instrument, bass, or is guitar? What is? No, but I mean guitar. Like I, when I, I studied jazz, um, okay. and I studied on guitar. Um, okay. This was in 2011. I started, and so guitar, bass, guitar. Like they sort of. Um, I mean, I'm not. I'm not a great guitarist, and I'm, I'm not a great bass guitarist either. But <laughs> I, you know, I I play along. You know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I've played a few things. It's kind of the generalist thing coming back. It's like I played trombone in high school for for a few years, and then kind of swapped to trumpet to like playing a friends like funk band thing, and then you know sort of drop trumpet. And I've always been a really bad piano player, and I sing and but not very well. And so I kind of do a bunch of stuff poorly, yeah. but which is kind of. <laughs> what you need you know I, yeah, I reckon yeah. just I, I learned violin my own violin in lockdown um played oh, double wow. bass for a bit but like useless at everything yeah but it's good like you kind of begin to actually have 
develop an understanding of the instruments like way more intimately than like an orchestration book could, could teach you or like a right. instrument, you know, Western instruments book or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that guitar is my main instrument. Okay. Just because I'm probably the best at guitar, although okay. not very good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And so uh, during lockdown, uh, were you in Australia still? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I only moved over to Stockholm, although I'm in London at the moment, in um, like late June. So it's very fresh. It's September now. Wow. It's kind of unbelievable. Right. Um, and what prompted that move, if I can ask? Kind of lockdown, sort of just feeling a bit like cooped up. I moved with my, my partner, Lena. Okay. Um, and yeah, it was just feeling like, I don't know, there's so many things. It's, it's basically like a bit of an adventure, a bit of like musical, um, eye opening development vibe attracted to that sort of like Northern European, um, sound and, um, you know, had some sort of loose work connections and Lena wanted to study and and we'd sort of just been feeling like, yeah, pretty cooped up in Melbourne um, over lockdown and just wanted to get out of there, really. Not that Melbourne's, Melbourne's so great and you really begin yeah. to appreciate your city when you leave it. Um, yeah. But just some a change, you know. Sure. And I'm sure we'll be back at some point, but I don't know. I don't know when there's no return ticket, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the indigo. I guess the indigo thing became like a bit of a um, lockdown project. Like I okay. think Rogue and I probably finished writing in like October, maybe of twenty nineteen. Wow. Okay. And then um, pretty quickly started writing um, the indigo album. And it was, it's just a tenor, um, tenor saxophone and that same bass, electric bass mm-hmm. guitar. Mm-hmm. And so I just basically sing, you know, sit there, play melodies, uh, sing melodies, play the, you know, harmonic sort of accompaniment. And then I think we recorded in May, like in between two of the first lockdowns. I recorded with my friend John. He played tenor. And John then, DiNapoli, is that how it's yeah, said? Yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a great animator. Check him out. The animator? Um, He's an animator, yeah. He, oh, wow. he, I, we met at uni um, okay. where he was playing tenor, but then he, um, a few years ago, he's always been a painter, but he transitioned to um, animation. And he's, yeah, he's he's um, he's killing it. We do this thing together. We're basically working on, with, with John, another friend, Max, another friend, Harrison, working on like an animated um, sort of a short film like you and Harrison's dancer and anyway it's a it's a long it's a you know it'll be probably decades before it sees the light of day but um <laughs> yeah it's fun anyway with John and then um uh I think and then got in touch with a label in Melbourne music company who who agreed to put it out and then it came out like a year later mm. so it was yeah Anyway, that, yeah. that, that's the sort of indigo story. Um, yeah. But, it, yeah, because it was kind of got recording in between two lockdowns and then sort of mixing, I was mixing it, like, throughout and then working artwork. And it was, it was a good sort of project to keep me sane. Um, and at the same time, I was also working on this other game called This Dead Winter, which, is, which hasn't come out yet, okay. uh, but is due to come out. Oh, who knows? Any day now. Okay. Hopefully before the end of the year. Oh, okay. But that's also okay. going to be a really interesting game. And um, the soundtrack's done and it's all been implemented and, and everything. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm really looking forward to that one coming out as well. Can you give us a hint as to how what what it's like compared to Road Warden? Yeah, it's very different. I mean, it's all sort of based around this um, string orchestra that we recorded in um, Budapest. Oh, wow. And they're called yeah. the Budapest Art Orchestra, um, who I think a lot of, um, I mean, a, a lot of people use. I, I haven't heard yeah. the name come up so much in the sort of game circles, but certainly in like the music circles, yeah. music, like, you know, just they come up. Yeah. Um, and, and they're awesome. I've used them a, a number of times. And so it's sort of is based around that. And then there's a lot of vocal elements, no, no lyrics, but... Um, you know, who's and ours and that kind of thing. And um, 
a bit of that bass guitar, but not much. Um, uh, some a lot of like textural percussion that my friend oh, Maria okay. um, recorded. Um, it's a very, 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 very different soundtrack, but it's sure. also it kind of has that melancholic, beautiful sadness. Interesting, um, yeah. Which is definitely yeah my vibe. I, I, <laughs> I kind of yeah I don't know I don't know if I'm a true composer in that like I I don't know if I could do maybe I could I don't know anyway something that was like super pop or like extraordinarily happy or everything just has whether I try to or not like a tinge of sadness at the mm -hmm. very least mm -hmm. and if not a tinge then it's like it's like a, a it's like color big brush stroke covered in sadness so yeah I'm not sad though I mean maybe just... that's why honestly maybe that's why <laughs> because you exercise that particular emotion musically you know yeah, maybe. Yeah, who knows? It's, probably, it's a form of like therapy. I'm yeah, yeah. putting it into the world so I don't have to suffer alone. Wow, it's <laughs> exactly. a therapy session. Dark, great. yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. not dark, but deep for sure. Um, well, yeah. I mean, one of the songs I really loved, um, and again, I I I didn't just admittedly get to spend as much time with it as I wanted to, but of the Indigo Part One album, I loved yeah. the track called "The Australian Dream." Oh, yeah. And and maybe because it does have like this um, major tonality <laughs> section mm -hmm. in, the, in the middle, I'm not sure, but um, but but I, I really loved that track. And again, it's such a um, intimate conversation between you two, being just tenor sax and bass guitar. I mean, it's it's so you just kind of lean in to listen to what you two are saying to each other. It's it's really beautiful work. Yeah. Yeah, it was that sort of intimacy. It was sort of all in, oh, it was inspired by two albums, like that album. Uh, it's inspired by two albums and the fact that it's kind of all uh, we could do because there was a rule at the time um, in Melbourne where you couldn't spend time with more than one person. So I was like, okay, well, I'll make a duo album and I'll hang out with my friend John and he'll play tenor and I'll, I'll play bass. And, and and the the albums were there's this um, Schoolie Ferrison and I can't pronounce his surname but Oscar someone Icelandic guy okay. tenor player and the album's called The Box Tree it's like super beautiful that's like a good bass player doing what I was trying to do you know <laughs> Schoolie Ferrison is an absolute weapon and he has this album called these two albums called Seria One and Seria Two which are just like mind blowing. Mm. Um, and then there was also uh, a duo album between Sam Wilkes and Sam Gendel, um, which is very different. But anyway, that was sort of the the inspiration. And in those two albums, there are these like really intimate moments where I don't know, say like it's like a fret buzz thing, or like you hear someone like the tenor player like breathing or swallowing, or like the keys. And like when it's kind of it was a sort of a like as a listener, I really really loved those moments but then as a player you you sort of get like insecure about your ability because like you didn't mean to do that fret buzz or like you didn't mean to swallow really loudly or whatever <laughs> but you did and I was just like really I, I had to force myself to keep all those like little moments in there but I'm, just, I'm really glad I did because yeah it, it is a really intimate conversation like it was just like a moment captured and you can sort of appreciate the fact that it was captured and and it, it's yeah it's different in a in a modern world where everything is like very very um produced and and, and edited and which obviously has its place um but this was yeah very much the the antithesis of that um and sort of the antithesis, antithesis of the way I have worked in the past, whether with like a band to a or on, you know, game soundtracks or 
you know, kind of anything. Like I do a lot of like um, string arranging for like pop artists or um, yeah. folk artists. Um, and like that is all just about like in a good way, especially when, you know, writing and orchestrating whatever, like creating something that's kind of like foolproof, like it's so easy to read. Every note is like so deliberate, every voicing carefully checked. Not to say that we weren't striving for like an, an idea of perfection for that recording, but um, it was a bit more real life or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just it's a different type of perfection, right? Mm. It's there. There's a spectrum of perfection. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, can you tell the sun just came out here in Minneapolis, Minnesota? <laughs> yeah, there's a very it's nice, nice and bright now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very Sorry, good. I just was struck by the contrast there. No, it's uh, good. <laughs> yeah, it was nice 90, 90 degrees here yesterday, and it's about sixty today. So it's it dropped Whoa. overnight. Got very yeah thirty degree difference. So hence wow. the long sleeves compared to yesterday when I had the air running and yeah yeah yeah. yeah. But anyway. I haven't. I've spent my whole life in Melbourne, and I'm. Um, it's approaching. You know, I mean, it's it's autumn now, which is just mm-hmm. like. And it's cold. It's not that cold. And I'm in London. Apparently, it's very cold in Stockholm. But I've never, like, I've never seen snow. I've never been through like a northern hemisphere winter. Oh, really? So, yeah, I'm. It's like okay. it's uh, dawning on me that it might be kind of cold. And you said you'd never seen snow. Never. Not not touched <laughs> one grain. Don't even know if they're Buckle called grains. Buckle up, buddy. <laughs> I guess flakes. Yeah. No. <laughs> I bought a coat on Facebook Marketplace. You know, from someone who. Yeah. Like the first coat that I've had that's w- weighed more than like five hundred grams. <laughs> it's so heavy. It's it's crazy. It really I wonder is. how that that'll affect you creatively and musically. You know, because um, yeah. you'll be spending a lot of time inside, right? And and I don't know what your life was like in Melbourne, but I assume that you could spend more time outside if you chose. So I wonder. Yeah. I wonder what that'll be it like. Was, Funny, like that, a similar sort of sentiment was raised when I was working on, like finishing off this dead winter in February this year. And I was like sitting in my room, like studio room, and it's like 40 degrees and I'm like sweltering hot. And I'm, I'm working on a game called This Dead Winter. Right. And it's like set in like a wintry, like white landscape. You play as a fox. It's like super, like beautiful, cold, like, wow. and, and the, the developers in, in the UK and he's like freezing and I'm sweltering and it does affect things. Like I'm sure there is something that comes through in, in the music that you make that is like sort of yeah. like passed through you, like yeah. the seasons and the, the temperature and yeah, mm-hmm. the icy vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Melbourne and Australia, is, it's very much an outdoorsy kind of country. Yep. Well, yeah, and it's the opposite, right? So summer is starting, getting started there right now. Yeah, it's like so kind of warming up. I guess yep. it's spring, like going into mm-hmm. um, summer. So yeah, maybe it's a good time to go to the, the southern hemisphere. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm in it for the winter. I reckon it'll be so interesting. Yeah. And yeah. And wow. yeah. yeah. I mean, I grew up in... The Midwest and particularly in the North. So uh, we're very accustomed to that. And we only get about four months of decent weather. And um, mm. yeah, uh, that, that I just feel like checking in with you after the first snow to see what you think. <laughs> A lot of people have like encouraged me to um, like do things in the snow and in yeah. winter that you can't do anywhere yes. else. So like they really like the sauna and there are these saunas that you can go to near, near like rivers that freeze over and they cut a hole in the ice, you jump in then you get out and you get into the sauna, which sounds yeah. like not my vibe, but I, I will possibly try it. Like it's, it's kind of like percolating in my mind as a thing that is not mm-hmm. completely off the cards. I, highly recommend that you sled, go sledding. That's one of yeah. my favorite winter activities because you get a really good workout climbing up the hill after you go <laughs> down it. And it also, it's just, it's just really fun. And you, uh, that's one of my, and it's one of the cheaper things you can do too. Mm. Saunaing is also cheap and whatnot, but, um, you know, as far as like skiing, snowshoeing, sledding, sledding's yeah. definitely the cheapest. <laughs> Cool. And um, so that's with like a like you sit on a yep. like a 
sled thing and then you go down holding yep. on then you drag it back up the, yep. the mountain and do it all over again and it's cool. it's fantastic it's it's a really i i find it to be a very fulfilling way to enjoy the weather when I'm not enjoying the weather, if that makes sense, mm. you know? Yeah. Because totally. it does get yeah. hard, you know? It gets hard and long and it's very similar to Stockholm in that way. So our weather. So, um, yeah. 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 But there are, there are th- like, that's good advice. Get out there, enjoy it. Uh, do mm. things you can't do during the summer. And um, here, one of the best parts about Minneapolis is people are really good at doing that because we have such a small window People are still really good about just getting out there, even if it's 20 below, just get out there. And um, I find that to be really inspiring way to enjoy winter when I'm not enjoying it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I mean, the alternative is so bleak. You just spend your whole life inside and then re-emerge in six months when (laughs) the sun comes back. So you can't live like that. No, no, you can't. But so let's go back to Road Warden because uh, yeah. there are a couple other tracks I want to individually call out. Um, one of which is called Gale Rocks, and okay. uh, this one I loved because um, again the piano phrase starts in a kind of a non-traditional way on beat two and kind of goes over the bar. And I, I don't mean to get so annoyingly technical for people listening who that doesn't make sense or matter but uh i really really loved the phrasing of that piano line as well in gale rocks You've kind of drawn my attention to, and I, I guess it, I guess, well, it must have been unconscious in some way, but um, the sort of piano as a melodic instrument, um, and, th- and then I guess also the bass as a melodic instrument as well throughout. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it kind of lends that um, tone that I think um, serves the, the game really, really well. Um, the, 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 I mean, it it has been it has been a while, but also like the the title the titles were were determined by um, Ore, so like I'm not super familiar exactly with each um, each title, mm-hmm. but it's the same with like music that I have listened to like ten thousand times. Oh, I, don't yeah. know, I don't really pay attention to titles or lyrics or <laughs> or words, which is kind of <laughs> ironic working on a visual novel. Um, <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm glad that it, yeah, it sort of functioned as a, mm-hmm. as a, you know, in a good way, an enjoyable way. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess in a way, maybe the the parallel can be drawn between like Roadborn and and other other like solo work or just you know work for for music's sake. Um, it's because like the tunes are written kind of like songs because there was no, um, I guess requirement or whatever to um implement them in any sort of like um super interactive way um yeah no stems right no stems yeah thing right yeah yeah i just sort of sat there and played um probably most often the bass guitar and sang and um yeah i guess at its core it's like yeah melody and accompaniment and and then, and then the instruments, which you know, what instrument went, you know, served um, what function or played what part, mm-hmm. um, was just, I guess, yeah, what what suited the best um, from the reasonably limited sort of palette that I tried to assign myself early on. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, did you process wise, you sat at the bass guitar and would kind of sing along to kind of construct songs and then add piano or is that kind of how yeah. that went? Okay. That's de- de- like, like universally across every one of my, you know, sort of things that I do. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the process. It's like sit there with 
a guitar or the bass guitar, like sometimes piano, but it's it's like and sing a melody and it's like melody and accompaniment and then the next sort of stage begins, um, which is, you know, it can kind of go, I guess, a few ways, but normally it's like, okay, now we've got a form, we've got a melody, we've got an accompaniment, we've got a form, and now it's just about sort of like, I guess, like arranging or like kind of orchestrating depending on the ensemble, mm-hmm. um, how we're going to sort of create some, you know, light and shade, um, and yeah, I, it's, I mean, I just wrote like and recorded and sent off to get mastered, like sort of a poppy folky song that I just made for really no reason at all, um, other than to keep myself sane. Um, and it was, it's exactly the same thing. Like I sit there, I've got a book, this had lyrics. So I write, you know, lyrics, I'm singing the lyrics, I'm singing the melody. It's, I've got chords like, okay, now there's like a few sections, blah, blah, blah. Now we've got a form. Okay. Now, once we've got a form, we've got a melody, we've got lyrics, we've got like clear like harmony and accompaniment and, and melody and accompaniment, um, then move to the next stage. And I was sort of, um, yeah, it's a, it's the bricklayer vibe. I remember when I was writing like my honors thesis thing, they talked about bricklayers or oil painters or watercolor painters or, I mean, an architect. I think there's a few others, but it's like how you approach creating something, whether it's like you know, thesis writing or a tune or a soundtrack, whatever. I feel like it's always sort of the same for me from like nothing to something mm-hmm. normally. Yeah. 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 Which I imagine it's the same for a, a lot of people. But I think the temptation to like go into the computer early on is bad for me. With Road Warden, the the bells, the Glockenspiel, mm. was that a sample, or do you like literally own your own Glockenspiel? <laughs> I think I um, I think it was I think oh, man I can't I can't fully remember. I'm I'm really good friends with and have been like musical sort of um, partners with um, a friend called Jesse who is a percussionist and had a Glockenspiel. Okay. Um, back in Melbourne, he's actually moved to London as well. He's coming over later. We're going to play down ball. But um, fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, he had a Glock that we he used in Tulala, this like sort of rocky, folky, we call it like an art rock band that we played okay. in together. And so I might have used that, but it also might just be a Spitfire sample. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I not, can't it remember. Yeah, it's... I think with something like Glockenspiel, largely irrelevant whether it's real or a sample. But. Yeah, I guess it's just sometimes the room. Yeah. I mean, I used like, if, even though this pop tune that I did recently, I used like, it was a combination of like, there's this like hook melody thing. And it's like a combination of a few samples and a few recordings. Mm-hmm. Um, it just blended in such a way that it sounds like it, its yeah. own thing. Uh, yeah, I think it might be recorded yeah. i think there's a lot of like bells and stuff in in this dead winter in that soundtrack oh, bells cool. and like texture okay. percussion and that's certainly like a combination of samples and my friend maria who brought in like this a vast array of like amazing percussion and we just like nice. we recorded a whole bunch of stuff it was awesome it was so much fun You are a gamer. I'm a gamer. Yeah. But I've been so, I've been sort of like since moving and then packing up my life leading up to moving, I haven't had like 
I haven't had my, I haven't had a console, which I've had like since, uh, you know, Nintendo 64 was my first one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been a bit, I've kind of haven't gamed for like since the start of the year. Um, mm-hmm. And I've played board games and I've played like Werewolf and like Mafia and Settlers of Catan. We played last night. And, nice. Um, and I've down like well, I've got this MacBook that I'm speaking to you on now, which and it, it's it's probably it's definitely due for a for a, an upgrade. Like it's starting to like crap out a bit. Yeah. But um, nothing runs on it. You know, I've got I've downloaded like the Radiohead game, which I haven't played yet. But it's I mean, it's not really a, a game. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe it is a game. I don't know. But it's more of an exploration of OK Computer, um, mm-hmm. which just sounded interesting. But um. Yeah, I always like have had a close sort of relationship to video games. Yeah. Um and just like I was talking about it last night, like those early yeah, like early for me, Nintendo sixty four, mm-hmm. Mario and Zelda and it's just crazy. It's so good. I, I don't know if it's gotten better than than that. Like I don't know. I think that was that was some sort of peak of like yeah. just incredible like immersive game worlds yeah 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 anyway i am a gamer yeah it's 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 a lot of fun i really when when i go back to stockholm i'm i've vowed to um get either a playstation or an xbox i'm traditionally a playstation kind of guy yeah and um and and do it like that and and you know get into it again i'm really looking forward to it yeah it's also impossible to get playstations in australia for like Still, a year after, yeah, is it still yeah, it's, like that? It's still hard, I think. Yeah, I I had a friend actually help me get mine. He had he used an app. Some people okay. haunt Discord. I honestly, it's been seven months since I got mine now, so maybe it's better. But I, mm. I don't know. It was hard for a long time. So that was just like what they couldn't make them quick enough, basically. Yeah, well, and people whole, were like buying them and reselling them. For more money, I saw. Well. Yeah, you can. You, I mean, you can find one now for twice the price. Mm. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. And I almost did that, and I'm so glad I didn't. I, I just like. I, yeah. I'm. I'm so glad I waited. But yeah, my Don't friend give them the- Michael. Shout out to my friend Michael Jamnick for uh, downloading the app again and buying it for me, buying a second PlayStation. And then I just paid it back. But yeah, it was, we all need a Michael in our we lives. All need my Michael that Jamnick? could not be more true there that it could not be more true. That's right. <laughs> uh, um, well, I guess the, really the final kind of large question that, that I'm interested to know a little more about, uh, before we sign off is, uh, you know, you mentioned that you were trained in jazz and that's always been a huge part of my life as well. I worked in jazz radio for a number of years and, um, uh, mm. it has a very special place, uh, in my musical life. So I'm curious what drew you to that, um, and and yeah, just t- talk about your jazziness, if you would. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'll talk about my jazziness. All right. No, I'm not. I'm not that. I'm more, you know, jazzy than than, than jazzy. I think I, I studied jazz like I was just sort of weird, like fin- finishing school, like the last few years of high school, and kind of going like, "Fuck! Like, what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing with my life." And I had just started playing guitar in like middle of year ten or something. And then, and I was like, you know, kind of getting, you got that like burst of like, yeah, cool. I'm getting good pretty quick at this. This is good. And then, and like, I reckon my like peak was like audition to like uni. And then, (laughs) um, and then pretty quickly realized that I wasn't, I certainly wasn't like capable enough as a player to, to be like in, in the jazz world that I perceived at the time, which is sort of like shred Lord, like how many notes can I play yeah. um, over this 251? Um, yeah. And I really, and it kind of didn't appeal to me, but the great thing about that course was that there was a really strong emphasis on writing um, the tunes that your ensemble played each week. And so I would bring in these tunes and um, one of the only compliments that I reckon I got from this <laughs> teacher that um I had was like, oh, that's that's a good like good melody, good tune kind of thing. I was like, sick. Well, maybe you know, maybe it's, that's kind of my thing. And then and then f- like f- after uni, 
um, continued playing a bit more in that sort of like art rocky sort of space and did a lot of arranging and and kind of like was experimenting with like strings and horns and large ensemble music. Um, but I, recently, I, I can't exactly pinpoint when it was, but I came to terms with the fact that I wasn't going to be like a jazz guitarist, even though I hadn't like practiced since uni. And and like the relationship that I have to jazz now is like truly as like a listener and and mm-hmm. like a consumer of that of that music. And there's some that I really like and some that I find incredibly naff. But the music that I'm attracted to mostly is like either just like really interesting like trio music or like large ensemble music or just like mm. things with elements of jazz and like right. there's this like dj um his name's john bailey he's like a community radio dj and triple r which is like this melbourne radio station and his like kind of thing is like jazz is everything and like i completely agree yeah um you know apart from you know Obviously, it's it's taking liberty, but pop, like popular contemporary music, like jazz is kind of everywhere and and everything, and it doesn't have to be like improvisation necessarily to be jazz. And and I and I guess some of the improvisation is some of the stuff that I feel less attracted to. Um, and so, for instance, like there's this album Finding Gabriel by Brad Meldau that I've been like oh, yeah. absolutely smashing recently. Yeah, and it's a few years old, but it's like it's. That first tune is so wild. It's amazing. It's just like, yeah, it, that, yeah. So I have a really, I would say, really healthy relationship to jazz, whereas I feel like a lot of people have a very, especially people that study jazz, have a very unhealthy relationship. Not to say that I have a healthy relationship and they have an unhealthy <laughs> relationship, but it's like it's kind of a, it can, I reckon, it can be a bit of a, yeah, like most, like most musical sort of cultures can be a bit um, alienating or like, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it always interests me when someone says they don't like jazz, um, which just happened to me a few days ago, interestingly. Mm. Uh, yeah, because I I am much more on on your definition of it, quote unquote, in, in that it's it's such a broad, it's hard to say you don't like it because it's just so, so broad, but I can understand aspects that turn people off and... Mm you know, whether it's Ornette Coleman, obviously that can turn a lot of people off. Or if it's just straight up improv in the fifties, someone like Ben Webster can turn somebody off. So it's, mm. you know, yeah, it's a, it's a very broad, broad term. Like the word classical yeah, yeah. music, right? Like classical, that doesn't really fit that either. You know, it's interesting. No, I mean, yeah. yeah, people describe modern, you know, orchestral music as classical music. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, it's it's just sort of. I mean, yeah, I'm super into the vibe of just like music is is music. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. don't feel at all confined by like the genre that you've yep. either been given by someone or been told that you are or whatever. Yep. It it's like there are so many incredible sounds. Really, it's just like combining different sounds and different techniques and 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 uh, yeah, and, and trying to make something that you find interesting or attracted to think others might be just such a pleasure nick to to get to know your music and um i can't wait to hear uh what's next and and what's coming out later this year and any other solo projects you do and um i just am am grateful for your time today so thanks so much likewise thank you it's been great talking (laughs) yeah it's, it's awesome thanks
Thank you for listening to Level with Emily. You can learn more about Nick Roeder, see a playlist, and support Level with Emily at patreon.com slash level. Check out the video of my chat with Nick Roeder on the Level with Emily YouTube channel. Please do subscribe so you can make sure you get all of our new videos of interviews. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Hello. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. Composer Brad Gentle manages our YouTube channel. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc. Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.